Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Today we're going to talk about something that's really tender to me. It's uh, sometimes easy to talk about and sometimes hard to talk about. Now we're in the f- we're in the closing three episodes of building the pillar of love. I've said and before and I'll say it a million times probably love is the most powerful force in the universe. That's not some Pollyanna statement. You know, we have hydrogen fusion that powers the sun, and we have all kinds of subatomic forces we barely have names for. The strong force, the weak force, electro-weak, gravity, Casimir effect, zero-point energy, and on and on and on. And you probably read about all those, and or maybe not. I happen to love digging into books that deal with esoteric things that are on the fringes of discovery. And, you know, the truth is we have some theories. We have the standard particle, the standard model of particle physics and all that that we think explains some things. And we've now finally in the last few years come to at least some understanding that gravity might be related to the zero-point field. And that isn't an attractive force, but it is the lack of... Uh, the passing of waves, so there's a pushing force uh, on the outside instead of a pulling force from the inside. Anyway, I'm not going to do a bunch of conversations there, and I have read a bunch, and I think I understand some of it, but I wouldn't pretend to be an expert by any stretch. But my point is only this. There has to be a unifying, creating force. And science, we call it the grand unified theory, which is an explanation of all these forces. And in the context of physical things, there does. There has to be some explanations and laws that help us both understand and quantify and ultimately use these forces. Electricity is a good example. It's funny because I spent decades, 30 years, in the field of electricity from 1977 to 2007. And even though we understand it well, like how it works, we know how to make it by passing a wire through a magnetic field, which causes electrons to migrate from one end of the wire to the other. And that's the fundamental creation. We actually still don't know why moving the wire through the magnetic field makes the electrons migrate. We just know that it does. And and it does in a very predictable, precise, measurable way. And so we're able to build the macro, the power grid, gigantic force like that. And then the micro in terms of, you know, ever shrinking transistors and things that are now microscopic. But at the end of the day, the thing that drives all of this is love. The creator's desire to both create and to benefit and assist and grow his creations. 
That is the fundamental force. Love is the fundamental driver of all creation. It is the organizing force that gives meaning and drive and order to all these physical forces that we try to use and study in our physics. But, you know, even in the the realm of physics, we're missing half the game. Because there are other forces that we simply can't see. And we give them funny names like dark matter and dark energy. And they occupy by far the majority of things. You know, the majority of all energy in the universe is dark energy, dark matter. And we, get, we define those. They don't interact with regular visible baryonic matter the way that, you know, those, those things react with each other. Bottom line is we don't really understand much about it at all. Well, as it turns out, we don't understand much about love and compassion either. And that is a sad commentary on how we live our lives. And the deeper we get into understanding the technical aspects of the universe, the less understanding it seems we have of love. So love is the final pillar in your palace of power. And I'll just make a bold statement. If you can't figure out love, then you can't have power. You might have power over someone and be able to force people to do things for some period of time. It will not be fulfilling and it will evaporate like the dew before the hot sun if you don't figure out love. That's why love is this final pillar and the most important force and power there is both to understand and to be wielded. And the cool thing is it can only be wielded for good. You can't wield love for evil. You can't. You can call it that, and there's some people that do. They pretend that love drives bad things. It's just nonsense. Not true. So we've laid some pillar or some stones in this pillar of love, and we're going to do another one today. But I wanted to give that conversation ahead of time because it's so important. So the name of today's fifth stone, the fifth of seven, is love is forgiveness. Now, I'm writing a book. I just finished a book, actually. Finished the first draft. I'm editing it on forgiveness. And the name of the book is Forgiveness, A Journey of Courage to a Place of Freedom and Power. And often we balk, we get angry, we get frustrated at the idea of forgiveness because we have this warped sense of needing justice. We need somebody to pay for all the evil they've done. And someone else needs us to pay for the evil we've done. Only we don't think our stuff was that bad. I mean, come on, I'm a pretty good person and I don't do this and I don't do that. And all, all of that's nonsense. People live a lot of the time looking out for themselves and do things that when viewed objectively weren't very helpful or, or kind. And I'm not judging anything. Far be it for me. In fact, I am so grateful I'm not in the position of judge of anything. I can't hardly express my gratitude because what I've come to know over these years is I don't know enough. I do not know enough. I see an event happen. I see someone do something or something happen. And I think immediately, we, you know, we have an idea about what, what happened and what should happen next and all that sort of thing. And bottom line is we've all had experiences where we know something and then we know something else and it completely changes the outcome of what we thought should happen. So I'm going to just talk about forgiveness, not in the context of ignoring something that was done that was wrong, not in the sense of brushing it off and pretending it didn't happen. It's none of that. Forgiveness is a choice to relinquish judgment. 
That's really what it is. It is a choice to live in love and relinquish judgment, both of ourselves and of others. And that's sort of the fundamental piece here. If I hold anger and bitterness towards someone else, obviously I'm not holding love toward them, then I, I put myself in a place of judging. They did something wrong. They have not suffered adequately for the pain they caused me or, or someone else. And I, I somehow know that and judge. Well, if I relinquish judgment, I'm able to forgive them. That doesn't mean condone whatever happened. Far from that. It means I'm not the person to judge. I do not know enough. And there is a God, and God will make those decisions and determinations at the right time. One of the things that often gets in the way, got in the way a long time for me to exercise or receive the power of forgiveness in my own quest for love was uh, my timing issue. You know, something, somebody did something and they need to suffer now. I mean, some consequence needs to happen now or the restitution for whatever I lost or got taken away, that needs to happen now. I need that right now, 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 now. And that need for me to be Uh, in charge of the timing of all that stuff is one, absurdly arrogant, and two, it doesn't happen, so I, I can't have it. It's arrogant to think that I should, and what that combination does is I get angry because I don't, or I give up, I get frustrated. The, the outcome of both of those is I lose my ability to contribute powerfully, to add good to the world, and to love. If I relinquish my need to both specify judgment, execute or carry out judgment, determine the amount, which is specify, if if I just relinquish that and trust that there is a process pattern and an accounting that happens that is equitable, fair, and right, that releases me from the need to do any of that. By releasing ourselves from that, then love can have full power over us. So I want you to think about places in your life where you haven't relinquished the need for judgment. One of the ones that hurt me a lot was self-judgment. I hated myself for all the things I'd done wrong. Self-loathing was my greatest addiction. The substances were afterthoughts. And my use of substances was pretty severe, terrible, terrifying, and, and on and on. And I lied and hid and just wasted, you know, countless hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars on those stupidity things. And then I hated myself for it. If I relinquish my need for judgment of myself, that doesn't excuse what happened. I've got all kinds of consequences to deal with because of that. Broken marriages, married and divorced three times, kids that still don't talk to me, I'm working on that. And I will work until it's finished, until there's love restored, until those opportunities have come and I have lived in in a way that allows them to be fully brought to fruition and I don't control what anyone else will ever think or do and I understand that. But everything that I can possibly do to clean it up, clean it out, be open and loving will be done and is done and is on the way to being more done and so forth. So our our relinquish, my relinquishing the need to judge myself, punish myself, deem myself unworthy, incapable, broken, rotten, you know, fill in the blank. You've felt all these words also frees me up to do good, frees me up to have love for both myself and others. So I want you to think about where in your life you're either holding judgment against someone else because of something they did or didn't do. And so you're angry 
or hurt or negatively impacted. And can you really relinquish your need for justice there? Trusting that it will come, but you don't need to do it and you don't need to hold the rock until it comes. You don't need to do that. You might believe you do, but you don't. What happens when we hold the rock of anger, frustration, lack of judgment, lack of equity, lack of fairness, is it gets in the way of my ability, our ability collectively to love each other and support and do good. There will be justice. God is not ignorant of all the things that have happened from the Holocaust and similar horrific history events to slavery of various forms, both in the U.S. and in countless other places where it has taken place over thousands of years. The God of creation, our eternal creator, father, is not unaware of those things. And every single one of those things will be made right and just. Our need to do it now and to have control over that is the thing that gets in the way. So if we stop offering resistance to life as it unfolds, and as it unfolds means I don't get to do it, I don't get to control it, I don't get to specify it, it's not mine to do. That frees you and me up to love. It frees us up to do nothing except do better and love. So if you did something really dumb or years worth of dumb things like I did, you can forgive yourself, allow God to be your judge and do all the good and love you can possibly bring and act out in your whole life. You can just do that and relinquish the need for punishment, trusting that the divine will get that all organized at the right time and place. That's self-forgiveness. I needed a gigantic dose of that because I loathed myself, absolutely hated, wanted to die, tried to kill myself, and on and on and on. And you know the story. If you haven't read it, you can read Tightrope of Depression and read it if that interests you. I know plenty of people like that. I was talking to somebody today. She got an email from someone this morning who is choosing, and the, the email was powerfully worded, beautifully written, about their choice to move to a different place of being. Now, the other thing is if you've been massively abused and hurt or in a small way, you have a choice. You can hold on to that rock knowing that they deserve punishment or you can let it go, again, trusting that there will be a time, there is a time, space, and process for that all to happen in the right way. And you don't need to hold that rock because holding it, prevents you from loving, living, and enjoying life. You're living in anger and frustration. Now, let it be. Let me be clear. There's no way I'm suggesting people forget. If someone hurts you or abused you or something, you don't forget that and then run by, right back into a relationship and open yourself up to further damage. That's not what I'm talking about. Protect yourself, of course. But the anger, the bitterness, the frustration, the negativity can all be dropped. And if someone changes, you can choose to have a relationship with them. And if they don't change, you can still stay a thousand miles away, but you don't have to carry the rocks and you can freely go to work on repairing the damage. If you've been hurt, then that has shaped you in some way. If you've been abused or have inflicted abuse, that has shaped both the person you hurt and you, or if someone abused you, that has shaped them and you, and you were the victim. You can choose to relinquish the control and the need for justice, punishment, and everything, and just go to work fully and lovingly and kindly on the shaping and get the help and love and kindness and support you need and drop all of the rest. That choice about moving into 
forgiveness. On either side, whether it's an accident or carelessness or intentional wickedness that one person perpetrates on another, forgiveness is the answer. We need to quit carrying the rock of retribution or the need for justice, trusting that it will come, not pretending things away, and not subjecting yourself to any danger at all. That's, again, not what I'm suggesting. But I am suggesting dropping all bitterness, anger, resistance, and negativity, opening yourself up to the warm glow of love and allow the strongest power in the universe, which is love, to manifest fully in your life by embracing the stone of forgiveness, which is in the pillar of love, as you create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your